Hi everybody, this is Ben and this is Ben's Week in Medical School, sharing knowledge about the human body and glimpses into life in medical school. This podcast is for your entertainment and education. I do my best to present accurate information, but this podcast is not professional medical advice. The podcast is a personal project and does not represent the views of my medical school. Hi and welcome back. This is episode 33 and week 37 of medical school. There are incoming M1 students, new M1 students who are taking second looks at our school. And I met a few of them this weekend and they seem great. So I'm excited for the new class to arrive. There were a lot of small tours coming through the library while I was studying this week. So it sort of felt like I was, um, it felt like I was an actor in a living diorama. Today, I wanna catch up on the happenings of the week and answer a question from email and talk about one or two of the physical exams that we use to test brain function. Let's get started. I was thinking about how common it is when I'm in medical training to be either observing someone or else being observed, kind of performing these skills. One of the things that's kind of, I just, I get a kick out of it in the emergency department is when the doctors dictate their notes about a patient using the voice recognition software. So they hold up this special microphone with like buttons on it uh, for dictation really close to their mouths and then they just start mumbling at high speed and it's really hypnotizing. They'll be talking really low and fast. Like patient is a 55 year old male reporting with new chest pain starting at 5 a.m. this morning, period. New paragraph, denies shortness of breath, period. Fever, chills, nausea, period. And they aren't really putting on a performance for the sake of others. Yeah, it's just kind of hypnotizing to see that. And uh, it seems like it'd be fun to get good at that too. The flip side is that's the only way that they can possibly perform as much documentation as they're required to is by talking really quickly into the, into the computer. But I do like the technology. So that part of it, it does seem fun, even though it really just shows how much they have to say about every single patient in order to uh, get their chart up to speed. My next big performance moment at med school is tomorrow. I'll be doing a neurological exam on a simulated patient. There's hearing, vision, reflexes, muscle strength, cognition, speech, gait, balance, and then even senses like touch and pain on the fingertips and toes. And then moving all of the parts of your facial muscles, uh, the part where you say ah, and then your um, palate kind of retracts and pupil reactions. So it's gonna be pretty fun. I'm looking forward to it, but there's a lot to remember. We actually have three different senses that contribute to maintaining balance. Uh, And at least two of them have to be working or else we're gonna be just kind of like wobbling all over the place. So the three senses are sight. As we watch our environment, there's an unconscious processing of that that's going on. And our brain is kind of watching to see whether we're moving in space just based on what we're seeing. So there's some, some unconscious processing happening there. Then there's a sense called proprioception, which is the sense of where our arms and legs and muscles are uh, in space. So each muscle can actually report back to the brain about how stretched out it is, how fast it's, it's contracting. And all of this integrates into a really helpful picture in the brain that lets us unconsciously maintain our balance by understanding where all of our limbs are at any given time. The third sense is the vestibular 
uh, I don't know if you really call it a sense, but it's the vestibular system. And it's actually, it's made up of these sort of gyroscope things in the inner ear, really sophisticated directional sensors. So they just tell us whether the head is rotated or whether it's leaning to one side or the other. And if, so if any of these three different senses isn't, if any one of them isn't working, then the body can still balance. But if two of them aren't working, you'll quickly need to steady yourself or you'll just fall right over. There's a test, a physical exam maneuver called the Romberg test. And the purpose of this is to have someone stand still with their eyes closed and, and then watch for them to lose their balance. So it's really, really simple. But the cool thing about it is that if the other two senses, this proprioception and the vestibular head positioning sense are both working, then the person won't have any trouble staying upright. But if there's a problem with either of those two other senses, then that patient will start to wobble and, and almost fall over. By closing someone's eyes, by closing one's eyes, you knock out one of the three balance senses right away, and then the other two have to take the spotlight. And if one of those isn't working, then you don't have enough to maintain balance. Another reason that you can lose your ability to balance is drinking alcohol. Um, alcohol depresses parts of the nervous system, and some of the places that feel it the most are the cerebellum, which is exactly where these senses that contribute to balance, where they all converge and give you the ability to balance. Uh, that's why one of the biggest physical exam findings done during a field sobriety test is just checking balance while you walk in a straight line. Yeah, if your cerebellum is being shortcutted by alcohol, then it will be impossible to balance well while you're walking or even standing still. The goal of the Romberg test is if you detect that someone has some malfunction in their balance, then you can start to further narrow it down to which of the two not getting proper muscle feedback about where the limbs are, or is it a problem in the sensation of where the head has moved and rotated, and that can, can lead closer toward what, what's wrong or what the next diagnostic test should be for that patient. One of the questions that I got last week, we, we were talking about how um, people that come into the emergency department with nausea often aren't going to be one of the first ones seen. They'll have a longer wait time before they get to see a doctor. One of the questions was, isn't it odd that people with nausea, severe nausea, aren't seen as soon as possible since nausea is consistently cited as a COVID symptom? So I looked into how people are triaged in the emergency department. Our emergency department, if I'm looking at the chart, I'll see a number. That number will be from like one to five, although mostly I only see one to four. And really, I only see two, three, or four. Those are the common numbers. A one next to someone's name is basically they need immediate uh, they need immediate life support. So these are people who are not breathing on their own, pretty much people who are being ventilated and whose heart may have stopped or who came in on an ambulance after being resuscitated. So that's that's a one category. Two is an immediate need to be seen, and that's still pretty serious. But people with a two might find themselves waiting for a significant amount of time. One key thing with people in this two category is if they're waiting, they're probably also being monitored at the same time. You know, somebody who's uh, maybe got chest pain, they might get an EKG um, within five or 10 minutes of getting in the door. But then if that turns out okay, they still might be a two, kind of high priority, 
but if they're not having an active heart attack, then they are safe to wait for longer. The difference between a three and a four is that they're both kind of the similar urgency level, but the difference between a three and a four is the estimate of how many different resources are gonna be involved in treating that patient. If they're expected to need labs, x-rays, other imaging, consultation with multiple departments, that makes them a three. If they have more of a simple case that might only need one physician and maybe a very simple workup, that would be estimated as a four. I'm attaching a link in the show notes that I thought was pretty cool for learning about the triage system in the emergency department. All right, that's going to be it for today. Uh, We talked about doing the physical exam and some of the exciting things that are going on this week for me. And one of my favorite physical exams right now, which is the Romberg sign. And we talked about how people get triaged in the emergency department. Thanks to David Funkhauser for our intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send me an email at ben at bensweek.com. And thank you all for listening. Have a great week.